0: The voice of the Madrasa in the on oh. A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh And welcome back to your program Madrasa on Air Developing Islam in Me I'm your host Yasmina Peterson And we are joined in studio by none other than Sheikh Rihad Wolves And she is of course heading up the LGM Educational Foundation It is Thursday today and that is the 26th of October And that is of course Thursdays We said that we are going to be speaking about Our topic that is going to be discussed this afternoon it Is none other than Ulumul Quran And that is the sciences of Quran Shaykh, as
1: وعليكم السلام Wa الله وبركاته.
0: Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: Alhamdulillah, sister Yasmina.
0: Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, Sheik, our topic is going to be Uloomul Quran, the sciences of Quran. And also, for those of you just to be patience with us, we are going to be uploading that link in terms of the Google Drive onto our website that is going to be on www.bocfm.co.za. We will be looking at doing that within the week and branching into next week, inshallah. But for now, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to do a brief introduction into our program. For this afternoon, as well as becoming some informative information that Sheikh is going to be sharing with us, Sheikh Tafatul.
1: Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa amma ba'd. Sister Yasmina, respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, I greet you all with the universal greetings of love, mercy and peace. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, alhamdulillah, that Google Drive is now filling up. I have made a folder labelled Mutun which is basically for the the texts, the four different texts that we're going to be dealing with for our four different subjects uh, Monday is of course Fiqh we're going to be doing the Mandzoom of Abu Shuja which is called Nihayat tadrib Abu Shuja also a very famous work that has been studied here in Cape Town for many many generations And I know all of our senior scholars have all been exposed to this particular text. If I'm not mistaken, I even think that uh, Tuanguru, and I stand to be corrected, um, had very solid knowledge about this text that we are going to be looking at the poetic form thereof, but the text that we're going to be looking at in fiqh. On a Monday, Allah ta'ala. So, I've uploaded the texts, I've uploaded what I have in the English language as well, I've uploaded the recitation, the audio clips of the texts, Aqirat al inshallah, that is for Tuesdays. I've uploaded that, and alhamdulillah, we have a variety. Abu Shuja is written by a Shafi'i scholar, the Aqirat al Awam, Sayyid Ahmad ibn Ramadan al Marzuqi, is a Maliki scholar. And uh, Wednesdays we have Al-Bayquni, our 34-line poem on the classification of uh, of Ahadith. That is our first segment before we do the 40 Ahadith compiled and collected by Al-Imam Al-Nawawi. Al-Imam Al-Bayquni is also a Shafi'i scholar. So we have a Maliki scholar. We have... Shafi scholar, in fact two Shafi scholars it sounds a little bit biased yet but we're not being biased at all, it's just in terms of the text that we have chosen and alhamdulillah today in our segment on Ulum al-Qur'an we actually have a Hanbali scholar mm. we have selected a text that uh, he is a very contemporary scholar in fact a scholar that is still alive and uh, is in Makrit al-Makarrama and has been an imam and a khatib of the haram since 1991, none other than uh, Fadilat al-Sheikh uh, Sa'ud ibn Ibrahim ibn Muhammad al shuraim We all know him as Sheikh Shuraim. We have listened to his recitation of the Holy Qur'an from the Tarawih in the days when only two of the Imams used to share the whole Taraweeh. In fact, I remember as a student in Medina, I used to listen to Sheikh Shuraim when I was memorizing the passages that were given to us at the university to memorize in the Qur'an. And uh, Sheikh Shuraim, just to give you a little bit of of background about him, uh, he was born on the 19th of January, 1966. He's one of the imams and khatibs of the Masjid al-Haram in Makkah al-Mukarrama. He holds a doctorate and is a professor of Sharia and Islamic studies at the Ummul Qura University in Makkah. Recently he was appointed as a dean and specialist professor in fiqh. And even more so actually his real speciality is usul al-fiqh. He is also known as a researcher uh, in fiqh and he follows the Hanbali Madhab. So there we have a nice variety. Alhamdulillah. We have a Hanbali scholar who has written our poem on ulum Al-Qur'an we have a Maliki scholar that has written our poem on Aqeedah we have a Shafi scholar who has written our poem on Hadith and also a Shafi scholar who has written our poem on, on Fiqh. So Alhamdulillah a nice variety. We don't mean to be excluding uh, the Hanifi scholars at all. In fact, inshallah in the segment of, of Fiqh on a Monday, and I have mentioned this before I'm mentioning it again, that inshallah ta'ala we are going to Because the majority of our community follows the Shafi madhab, I've chosen a text that is from the Shafi School of Thought. But we're also going to be looking at how the other schools of thought agree and disagree with those positions that we're going to be giving, inshallah, on that program. Without going into too much detail. Our detail will be on the Shafi School of Thought, but we will make mention of the positions of the other scholars. Why? Because they are all based on the Qur'an and the sunnah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad and all four can be followed. Even the one who follows in the Shafi Madhab and he wants to, out of necessity, follow one of the other schools, there is no problem in doing that whatsoever. Man قَلَّدَ imaman Allah As one of the poets said, that whoever follows any of the four Imams will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a good state. So inshallah, that is what we have lined up. And inshallah, I have uploaded the texts. I have uploaded the audio. I've uploaded where I've been able to find some English translation as well. And remember, our theme for this madrasa is something for everybody. Something for the ordinary person that cannot speak the Arabic language, but would like to learn, inshallah, there's something for you. Some... People who, mashallah, have maybe a slight background in the Arabic language, inshallah, something for you. Some Who are well-versed in the Arabic language, inshallah, something for you. Inshallah, for the students of deen, for the imams of the masjid, inshallah, we hope that whatever is put out here on this madrasa on air, which is on a community radio station for the entire community, inshallah, something for everybody. We hope through the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So coming back to Sheikh Shureyn who is the author of our text that we are going to be dealing with today in our segment on Uloom Al-Quran bi-ithni Allah Ta'ala he follows the Hanbali Madhab he is a judge and a writer who has composed many books he leads, still to this day he still leads Taraweeh prayers during Ramadan in Makkah and he has done so since 1991 education wise he studied at Arin Elementary School and then at the Modern Schools for Secondary Education, and then at the Al-Yarmouk North uh, High School. During the last years of his secondary school, he became a hafiz of the Holy Qur'an. He graduated in 1983. He attended the Imam Muhammad bin Saud Islamic University in Riyadh, graduating in 1988. The following year, 1989, he attended Ma'had al-Aali lil-Qadah, which is basically the High Institute for Learning the Profession of qada of being a Judge And received a Master's Degree in 1992 In 1995 he pursued a PhD degree at the Ummul Al-Qura University in Makkah Al-Mukarramah
0: We will definitely be continuing after the break. The program this afternoon is Madrasa on Air. That's, of course, developing Islam in me. And we are speaking in the subject matter of Ulumul quran which is the sciences of Quran. Madrasa on Air. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. If you have just tuned in then assalamualaikum to you and welcome to the program. Sit a bit closer to the radio and take your notepads or so if you are someone that loves taking down notes as well as that Google Drive, the link for that will be inshallah put up onto our website so you can grasp all of the information and go through all of it through the Google Drive inshallah. We are in our segment where we are speaking about Ulumul quran and that is the sciences of Quran and just before the ad break sheikh is giving us some background information in terms of uh, the author inshallah but for now I hand back over to sheikh to continue sheikh tafattu
1: bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala amma ba'd assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh yes we're just going through a profile on the author of our text and other than a Dr. Sheikh Saud ibn Ibrahim ibn Muhammad Al-Shuraim, one of the imams of the Haram in Mecca. And before the break we were just going through some of his education history, where he studied. And that in 1995 was the last thing we mentioned that he pursued a PhD degree at the Umm Al-Qura University in Maqat al-Mukarruma. And as far as his career is concerned, in 1991 he was appointed as Imam al khatib of Masjid al-Haram. In 1992 he was appointed a judge in the High Court of Maqat al-Mukarruma as he is a graduate of Mahad al-Ali, lil-qada. he studied Qada. he studied to be a Qadi, to be a judge. And in 1993 he was then it was approved of him to teach in the haram he has been serving as a professor at the al quran university since 1995 and later he was named the dean of the faculty of sharia and islamic studies in 2010 he was promoted from the rank of professor to specialist professor in fiqh by the president of the university dr Bakri bin Ma'tuq, matuq In terms of his uh, personal life, uh, in a rare interview with the al newspaper, when asked about his wife's role in his success, uh, he stated, before I say something about my wife, I can't forget my mother's love and mercy for me in my childhood and youth as well. As she raised me in orphanage in in childhood, I think his father uh, passed away at a young age, her love is a tonic for me, may Allah shower his mercy upon her As she did with me when I was a child And as for my wife She has proven herself to be the best companion for me in happiness and sorrow She is there when I need her cheers me up and tries her best to lighten my sorrows May Allah include this in her good deeds KashaAllah very beautifully stated And you know this is the condition of us all In the sense where we all have mothers, for those of us who are married, we all have wives. And with that, we all have weaknesses in terms of fulfilling the rights of our mothers and fulfilling the rights of our wives. It doesn't matter whether you're a engineer or a doctor or the imam of the Haram in Mecca. I mean subhanallah, I love it when I read things like this. It just shows you at the end of the day we're all human and we are all struggling with our own challenges and we are all trying our best with whatever we are doing to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to earn his rida bi al-wahad al-ahad So that's a little bit of a background on our author uh, Sheikh Saud al shurain and he has written a poem called al nazmul habir fi ulum al-Qur'ani wa Usul al-Tafseer Basically a poem on the essence of this science of Ulum al-Qur'an. And last week, if you remember, we did differentiate between the general term of Ulum al-Qur'an, meaning the different sciences associated with the Qur'an, which would include ilm al-tafsir, which is the exegesis, idah or Bayan of the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the explaining of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It would include for example, ilmul qira'at, the different ways of reciting the Holy Qur'an, the subject of i'raab, ilmul 'a'rab al-'ilm al-'a'rab, which is basically knowing when there is a fatha, when there is a dhamma, when is there a kasra, when is there a sukun, sukun and why? Now these would all be associated with the Qur'an. But as a single, individual, independent science, Uloom al-Qur'an, as I explained last week, is something different. Uloom al-Qur'an as an independent science, as an individual science, refers to the sciences of, for example, the context and background pertaining to Revelation, when did the first verse come down? When did the last verse come down? For example, what chapters are Makkiyah that were revealed before the hijrah? What chapters are madaniyah that which were revealed after the hijrah? Looking at things like verses that are abrogating and verses that are abrogated. We're also going to look at in Ulumul Quran the nature of wahi, the nature of. Revelation, The different types of revelation that you get And how the Qur'an was revealed To the Prophet So as an independent Individual Science That is the ulum Al-Qur'an That we are going to be To be dealing with Not in the broader sense of the word And this particular poem an nazm habir Nazm Literally means Jam'ul Kalimat Nazm to bring together words to string words together in a poetic form a manzuma a manzuma is the opposite of manthura and both fall under the title of mutun texts summarized texts in particular so a summarized text can either be a manthura or nathr or it can be a manzuma or nathum. Manthura or Nathar is prose. And manthuma or nathum is poetry. Is poetic. In the English language, anything that is educational, they wouldn't refer to it as, as poetry. And even in the Arabic language, the word for poetry is Shi'ar. Shi'ar, which comes from Shu'ur, from that which involves feeling. Like lamenting. Or you find poetry that has to do with love, has to do with the feeling of a person about his attachment to his tribe and his family. But what we are dealing with when we speak about the Mandhuma, we're speaking about didactic poetry. In other words, educational poetry. So it's got anything to do with feeling. And that's why many nations have excluded it from their, from their vocabulary, from their nomenclature that they won't call educational poetry, poetry. But I'm only using the word poetry, why? Because it rhymes. But it's educational poetry, it's didactic poetry. And to give you an example of the two, I mean we have the Ajurumiya, which was originally written as a prose, meaning without rhythm, without rhyme. It was written as a, as a prose. And then a few hundred years later, another scholar came along, Sharaf al-Din al-Imriti, and he made a poem of it. And many scholars have done this. They've taken works that were originally written in prose, and then they made poems out of it. Didactic poems, educational poems. And the reason is quite simple. Like Sharaf al-Din al-Imriti says about the Abu Shuja, which he made a poem of, he says... نَضَمْتُهُ مُسْتَوْفِعًا لِعِلْمِهِ مُسَهِلًا لِحِفْدِهِ وَفَهْمِهِ He says, نَضَمْتُهُ لِعِلْمِهِ I made a poem out of it to bring all of the knowledge together in one framework. نَضَمْتُهُ مُسْتَوْفِعًا لِعِلْمِهِ مُسَهِلًا لِحِفْدِهِ وَفَهْمِهِ Making it easier to memorize and easier to understand. So there was a... A great purpose in them making poems out of these process. Another example is and I mentioned it earlier Al-Ajrumiya which is in Arabic grammar al kalamu huwa mufidu bil Wa aqsamu thalathatun wa wa harfun He says that the constituent parts of speech are three Noun Verb and particle. That is the prose. If you now go to the poem, Shadafaddin Ameriti took that prose, and he just gives a little bit of sweetness in giving it some rhyme. And he says, "Kalamu <laughs> hum lafzun mufidun musnadu wal kilmatu lafzun mufidul mufradu lismin wa f'alin thuma harf tanqasim wa hadhihi thalath wa hii al kalim." You know, it just makes it a little bit easier to memorize this particular poem that has been uh, written by Sheikh Sa'ud Al-Sharaim, a Habir, and he's, he's named it after what it is. Habir literally means al-Jadid al-Hasan, that which is new and that which is beautiful. And you can also think of a natham not just words that have been strung together in a rhythmic tone but it's just like stringing pearls together. jamul <inaudible> lul to literally take pearls and string them together. This is what we call natham. Literally speaking. So it is like pearls of knowledge that have been strung together in poetic form. That is a, I think, a beautiful description of what a is, and he calls this a nathmul habir, that it is a new, beautiful nathm, educational didactic poem, fi al Quran, in the sciences of the Quran, wa usul al tafsir, and in usul al tafsir, another word for it, I explained last week. قواعد التفسير basically the rules and laws governing tafsir. so this poem basically covers both and you don't need to be a genius in the Arabic language to understand the words he's used words that are very easy to understand and he has strung them together in such a way easy to memorize Musahilan, like Al-Imriti said مساهلا لحفظه وفهمه easy to memorize easy to understand. For those that inshallah, have a passion for that. Now again I would just like us to bring our attention and we're busy with the title of the text now. nazmul Habir Fi Ulum quran Wa Usul al This particular poem is actually Min Al-Nawadir. Min Al-Nawadir meaning it is quite a rare poem. I mean there's so many poems that have been written on Qiraat, on Nahu, on Fiqh, on usul, on Mustalah al-Hadith. I even found poetry that's been written on medicine. Somebody took the Qanun of Ibn Sina and made a poem out of it. Even of the Hikam, of Ibn Al taila Somebody took the Hikam, the wisdoms of Ibn al taila and made a poem out of it in order to make it easy to memorize. I found poetry on... How to breed horses. I found poetry on mathematics in the Arabic language, on geography, on morphology, on history, on the life of our beloved Prophet Muhammad. In particular, his nasab, his lineage. Al Hafiz al Iraqi wrote a thousand line poem on the seerah of the Prophet. And inshallah ta'ala. I'm getting the signal that it's time to break, and inshallah, after that, we will return. The voice of
0: the Madrasa on air. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on Air Developing Islam in Me We are in our segment and that's of course Ulumul quran and Sheikh has been giving a little bit of background in terms of the author as well as now we are going to be branching into a poem as well. So for those of you who love poems and listen closely to the radio and for those of you who are not so maybe interested in that then inshallah you will be becoming used to that uh, for the program that we are going to be having Sheikh Riyad rules on. Do know that you can see through your comments through our WhatsApp as well as our ISMIS but with further ado I'm now going to be handing over to Sheikh to give us in terms of the poem that Sheikh is having in front of Sheikh Sheikh Tafatul
1: Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu wa ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd once again, Assalamu Alaikum wa barakatuh. Yes, I have in front of me a Nazmul Habir fi al Quran wa al tafsir, which is basically the excellent new poem in the sciences of the Quran and the foundations of tafsir. I haven't translated the word tafsir, why? Because I think our community is more affei with the word tafsir than they are with the word exegesis. <laughs> which is a bit of an odd word if you ask me quite a academic word tafsir i think is good enough for us we know what tafsir is basically the commentary the explanation of the words of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but this poem is not a poem of tafsir it's a poem of the sciences of quran and the foundations of tafsir the rules governing tafsir and just before the break we were speaking about about manzumat in general about the different poems that have been written or authored on all the different sciences and there are many I think one of the last ones I mentioned just before the break was the poem of Al-Hafid al-Iraqi on the seerah on the whole life of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, as I was demonstrating to you in the break you know this this mnemonic device of educational poetry subhanallah it is man araf like the saying goes he who tastes knows I mean I can sit here and describe to you the wonderful taste of honey Mm. but if you've never tasted honey before you will never ever be able to appreciate my explanation or my description of the taste of honey until you have tasted it. As I demonstrated in the break, for example, we'd all like to memorize the 20 grandfathers of our beloved Prophet Muhammad which is confirmed. متafaqun alayhi. All the ulama Agree that in terms of the nasab In terms of the lineage of our beloved Prophet Muhammad That it goes back to Adnan Anything beyond Adnan The Prophet says that the genealogists have lied In other words you'll get people with so many conflicting genealogies In terms of the further we go back so the Prophet ﷺ, basically what he is saying is that his lineage from his father until Adanan, this is authentic. Anything beyond that is spurious. In other words, it, is, it could be true, it might not be true. And Al-Hafz al-Iraqi, mashallah, brings this together just in a few lines of poetry. Where he says, وهو ابن عبد الله عبد المطلب أبوه وهو شيبة الحمد نسب أبوه عمر هاشم والجد عبد مناف بن قصي زيد ابن كلاب أي حكيم يا أخي وهو ابن مرة تبني كعب بن لؤي. وهو ابن مالك أي ابن نضري وهو ابن غالب أي ابن نضري وهو ابن وهو ابن غالب أيبني فهرى وهو ابن مالك أيبني نضري وأباه كنانة ما أبركة وألهه خزيمة مدرك وهو ابن إلياس أيبني مدرى ابن نزار معد لا وهو ابن عدنان وأهل النسب قد أجمع إلى هنا في الكتب. The end he says وهو ابن and he is the son of Adanan وأهل النسب and the scholars of genealogy. Have all agreed in their books about the authenticity of the lineage of our beloved Prophet Muhammad. So now you, having memorized that, you can now go and write down exactly without having a book with you, without having a laptop with you, without having your phone with you, you can now recall using that mnemonic device, recall the 20 grandfathers of our beloved Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And there are many poems, written on the seerah, written in grammar written in morphology, written in usul al-fiqh, written in fiqh written in, in fact there's a sheikh in Mauritania, now we've been speaking about, can you remember our poem for hadith, al-Bayquniyya, how many lines? 34 lines in aqeedah aqeedah al-A'wam, 57 lines there is a sheikh from Mauritania, he's passed away now recently sheikh Adud he wrote a poem on the mukhtasar al-Khalil which is the main book in maliki fiqh. Guess how many lines? 16,000 lines long. So we still dealing with baby stuff here. You know inshallah but we uh, we all have to uh, crawl before we before we can walk and we all have to walk before we can uh, jog and we all have to jog before we can run. So inshallah that's why I'm encouraging I'm encouraging the mothers especially the mothers listening that you know, once we've uploaded these uh, these poems in the rhythmic format as they are being recited, that put your child in front of the computer and let them memorize these texts. Mm. Inshallah, we can build on from that, inshallah, in the future for them. So, b'ithni uh, Ta'ala, um, are we coming up for another break now? Yes, we are, she. But inshallah, just before we go for the break, uh, I want to bring to our attention that as there are many poems that have been written in many subjects in the science of Uloom Al-Qur'an there is hardly anything there is hardly anything and this is why truly the name of this text is very appropriate because it is something new and excellent that Sheikh Shuray mashallah, has brought to the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi
0: Wasallam we break for ads now when we come back we'll continue with the show stay tuned Madrasa on a. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A Developing Islam in me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Riyad Wolves in studio and shukran so much to everyone that's sent through the comments Alhamdulillah I'm glad that you are benefiting from this as well as enjoying the program For now I hand back over to Sheikh Inshallah, to branch into the poem that we have Sheikh Tafatul
1: Bismillah walhamdulillah wa, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd wa rahmatullahi. Yes, before the break I was just mentioning that in the science of ulum Al-Qur'an there is very little that has been authored in terms of manzumat. in terms of educational poetry I think the most famous work that has ever been written the most famous educational didactic poem that has ever been written on ulum Al-Qur'an is the famous al Zamzami Zamzami, which was written, was written by uh, Abdulaziz Az-Zamzami Az- In fact, his grandfather Ali Az-Zamzami came from Shiraz in Khurasan He came from Shiraz and he came to Makita Al-Mukarrama and he worked at the well of Zamzam That's where he got his name from, Ali Az-Zamzami And his grandson Abdul Aziz Az-Zamzami he wrote a poem. Basically, he took Imam Suyuti's book called An Nuqayya. An Nuqayya. Bidom al Qaf. An Nuqayya. He took the book of Imam Suyuti. Imam Suyuti wrote this book on 14 different sciences, on 14 different subjects. But basically, uh, just summarizing each subject in the book. So, and one of the subjects was Ulum al Quran. In which he had uh, written the summary, on which he had written the summary. And so, Abdul Aziz al Zamzam, he took that summary and he made a poem of it. And it is a celebrated poem, it is a poem that a number of commentaries have been written on, but there are some categories that are missing. And that's why this work of Sheikh Shuraim is such a valuable, is such a valuable uh, text such a valuable work. Why? Because where there has been categories missing in Manzoomah to zamzami he has brought those categories and made mention of them in his poem, an Habir, Fi Ulumul Quran Wa Usulul Tafsir. So inshallah ta'ala, let us uh, just go through the rest of the of the title of, of this text that we are going to be going through inshallah ta'ala. And the ulama they say, العلم يشرف بشرف موضوعه that the honor of a particular knowledge lies in the honor of the subject matter. So how do you know whether what you are studying is honorable or not? You have to look at the, at the honor of the subject matter. The knowledge is called al Qur'an. If we break it down, we have two words hulum which is the plural of ilm and we have quran what is ilm ilm literally means linguistically lughatan ilm is knowledge and is naqidul jahl it's the opposite of it's the opposite of ignorance and علم, you could define it as معرفة شيء على حقيقته is to have knowledge of something as it is. Obviously not to have knowledge of something which it is not. For example, when I pick this up, I have knowledge, what do I have in my hand? A cell phone. A cell phone. If I open it a little bit more clearer So do you know that this is a cell phone? Yes Do you have knowledge that this is a cell phone? <laughs> yes And likewise when I look at it I also have knowledge mm. That it is a cell phone So knowledge of something is Is to have knowledge of something As it is not as it is not For example if I had to If I had to look at this and say that Uh you know this is a notepad mm. is that knowledge no because i'm saying that when i pick the cell phone up i say i know this is a notepad so it's actually the knowledge of something as it is not okay so that's not that's not the essence of or that's not the correct definition of ilm ilm mm. is to know something as it is and the opposite of knowledge is, is ignorance in fact the um the poet says so beautifully سَلْنِي إِنْ جَهِلْتِ النَّاسَ عَنَّا وَعَنْهُمُ فَلَيْسَ سَوَاءَنْ عَالِمٌ وَجَهُولُ He said, ask me if you don't know. Ask. سَلِي Actually not سَلْنِي سَلِي إِنْ جَهِلْتِ النَّاسَ Ask the people if you don't know. Ask the people عَنَّا وَعَنْهُمُ Ask the people about us and about them. فليس because the one who knows and the one who doesn't know are not the same. Allah SWT says so beautifully in the Quran. هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون are they equal in reward? Those who know and those who don't know. هل تستوي are the darknesses equal to the light? هل يستوي والبصير? Is the one who is blind equal to the one who is? Uh, who can see, you know, so, very important for us to understand what is the essence of this word, ilm. It is to know something as it is. That is literally speaking. Istilahan, Technically speaking, the word علم, or the plural ulum, is basically described as مسائل مختلفة, مضبوطة, في واحدة. That it is basically taking a variety of issues that are framed in a specific direction. A variety of issues that are framed in a specific direction. So in other words, everything that we're going to be speaking about on this program of Uloom Al-Quran are basically all those issues that have to do with the quran pertaining to its revelation pertaining to where it was revealed how it was revealed pertaining to the abrogating and the abrogated etc 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 so a variety of issues we're going to be dealing with in a specific direction the sciences of the quran
0: Madrasa on a. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And welcome to Madrasa on a developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Riyad Wolves in studio, as well as on technical controls. Taking over Nazim Peterson, we do have Auntie Abida Dixon-Muhammad. The time is 11 minutes past the hour of three. We're into the second part of our program, the second hour of our program, and we're still focusing on ulumul Quran, and that is with Sheikh Riyad Wolves. Your comments, as well as your SMSs and WhatsApps, you can send them through to us, inshallah. And shukran so much for all of you who commented and uh, who are listening and tuning in to the program. But for now i hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stop just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul
1: Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala amma ba'd. as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Yes, just before the break we were speaking about the word ilim literally and technically and we said that ilim Literally speaking, knowledge معرفة ala عَلَى مَا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَى حَقِيقَتِهِ يَقِينًا أو ظَنًّا يَقِينًا أو That knowledge of something It is To say that you have علم of something Is to say that you Know something In terms of what it is In terms of its reality Whether that is Speculative or whether it is with certainty, it is still knowledge. And um, we said that technically speaking, when we're speaking about an ilm, a science, or uloom, sciences, we said that it is a variety of issues that is framed in one direction. And then we look at the second word. We've got an nadmul habir. The new excellent poem, alum al Quran. Alum al Quran is two words. We've looked at the first one, now we look at the second word, Quran. And it brings me back to a statement I made earlier that, that knowledge, the honor of a specific knowledge or a specific science, is found in the honor of its subject matter. And what is our subject matter at hand? The Holy Quran. A kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah, I think sometimes we forget that when the Qur'an is being recited, Allah is speaking to us. That's what the ulema say, إِذَا Aratta أَن تُكَلِّمَ اللَّهِ فَاقْرَأَا If you want to speak to Allah, then go and make salah. وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ أَن يُكَلِّمَكَ اللَّهِ فَاقْرَأَا الْقُرْآنِ and if you want Allah to speak to you then go and read the Qur'an. We're not saying speaking directly No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only spoke to Nabi Musa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Nabi Musa directly. But we have the Qur'an which is as we believe the uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we read the Qur'an it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is speaking to us. And these they are examples of our pious predecessors May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his mercy upon them and grant them of the highest places in Jannah. And may Allah ta'ala make us of their true followers until Yom al-qiyamah. Like for example said Ja'far al-Sadiq, one of the great imams of al Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that when he was speaking about uh, three beautiful verses in the Holy Qur'an. And... Um, Inshallah, I want to share this with the listeners because, especially in the time that we are, are living, we are in need, we are so in need of these du'as that Allah has taught to us in the Holy Quran. He says, He said, I find it strange. The one that is overcome with fear and does not seek refuge in the words of Allah. That Allah is enough for us. Allah, اللَّهُ وَالنِّعْمَ That Allah suffices us and is an excellent protector for us. فَإِنِّي سَمِعْتُ اللَّهَ بِعَقِبِهَا يَقُولُ For indeed I heard Allah say thereafter. So look how he's referring to, to a verse in the Qur'an. He said for indeed I heard Allah say thereafter that when he hears the Quran it is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to him for indeed I heard Allah say thereafter فَانْقَلَبُوا so because that's what comes next in the verse that after they said Allah is sufficient for us and an excellent protector they returned with the favor of Allah and no harm came to them he then said, وَعَجِبْتُ What is he referring to? He's referring to the verse in which Allah SWT writes to us the story of Nabi Yunus. When he was in the darkness of the belly of the whale. So he called out in the darkness, La إِلَّهَ إِلَّا he so said, there is none worthy of worship except you, Ya Allah. And Jafar al-Sadiq is saying, عَجِبْتُ I find it strange for the one who is overcome with anxiety or distress. And how many of us are anxious in today's world? How many of us are ridden with, with stress and distress and anxiety and hysteria and depression? She said, "I find it strange the one who is overcome with this type of anxiety, that does not seek refuge in these words, La ilaha illa anta, Subhanak, Glory be to Thee. You are free of all imperfection. Inni kuntu Indeed, I was of the wrongdoers. Fa inni bi For indeed, I heard Allah say thereafter, Fasta la, and so He answered his prayer and we saved him from the anxiety وَكَذَلِكَ nunjil and so do we save all the believers not just prophets any of us who make this dua la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadh and then he said wa لِمَن مُكِرَ mukirabi and i find it strange the one who is plotted against this world has become Filled with a lot of treachery, a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of collaboration in people plotting against each other in an evil way. May Allah safeguard all of us, Amin. So he said, I find it strange the one who is plotted against and does not seek refuge in the words of Allah, Wa do I surrender my matter to Allah. Indeed, Allah sees all that the servants are doing. For indeed I heard Allah saying thereafter. Referring to the verse. The kalam of Allah. The uncreated speech of Allah. When you read the Quran, Allah is speaking to us. For indeed He said, I heard Allah say thereafter. What was the dua? He said. I find it strange, the one who is plotted against and does not seek refuge in the words of Allah. then I surrender my matter to Allah. Indeed, Allah is all seeing of what the servants are doing. For indeed, I heard Allah say thereafter, and so Allah saved him, For اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِ ma Allah saved him from the evil of those who were plotting against him. Who is he speaking about? Swing about Nabi Musa, AS, and who was the? One who was plotting against him, Fir'aun Fir'an and his and his army. وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعُونَ Al الْعَذَابِ Allah taala, destroyed Fir'aun and his army.
0: Allahu Akbar, the voice of, of Sheikh Riyad Wilson. We are now going to be breaking for ads. And when we come back, we'll continue with the show. Stay tuned. Madrasa on A. Assalamu'alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on e- Developing Islam in Me I'm your host Yasmina Peterson and we are still in studio with Sheikh Riyad Wools, and we are still in our session in terms of we are looking at the subject matter of Ulumul that is of course the sciences of Quran and thereafter also branching into many other sub as well as uh, stories that Sheikh has been narrating to us and so forth but for now I hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped Sheikh Tafatul.
1: Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa manwala amma b'ad Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Yes, just before the break we were speaking about how important it is and I used the example of the, uh, the hadith of Sayyidina Ja'far al-Sadiq, one of the great Imams of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, who narrates to us those three du'as in the Qur'an, every time he says, فَإِنِّي سَمِعْتُ اللَّهَ يَقُولُ And indeed, I heard Allah saying thereafter. So he's referring to the ayat in the Qur'an as speech, as the kalam, the uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is listening to, that he is reading, that he is understanding. So it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the khaliq, as the creator, that is speaking to his makhluk, to his creation. And that is how we must view uh, this this Qur'an, and this is how we must view this topic. Why? Because al-ilmu uh, yashrafu sharaf al I'm saying it for a third time now, that knowledge, the honor of knowledge lies in the honor of the subject matter. So indeed, this is a very, very important subject that we are dealing with. A subject that's going to bring us closer to the Qur'an, and having a better understanding of how the Qur'an was written down, how it was put together, how it was revealed, the context in which the verses came down. And inshallah ta'ala that is going to give us a better understanding of also how to implement this Qur'an. Because if we look at the life of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said Aisha he said, "Kana Quran and nas. He was a working Qur'an amongst the people. In other words, the context and everything behind the revelation of the Qur'an, that is going to show us how to live that Qur'an. Based on the lifestyle of our beloved Prophet Muhammad. sallallahu Rabbi So we've been speaking about the title of our text. Nazmul Habir. Fi Uloom al-Qur'an wa al-Tafseer. We've been breaking down this word Ulum al-Qur'an. We looked at Uloom in the linguistic or literal sense. And we've looked at it in the in the technical or legal sense. Now we're going to look at the word Qur'an. The word Qur'an comes from the word qara'a يَقْرَأُ قِرَاءَةً أي قُرْآنًا which means to read. قَرَأَ بِمَعْنَى tala. with the meaning of recitation. qara'a also has another meaning which is jama'a, which means to bring together. That's why the word قَرِيَ which is a word in the Arabic language that we use for a village or a town why do we call it Qariya? Because it brings together the people. So we have Qara'a bima'na, tala. We have Qara'a with the meaning of recite. And we have Qara'a with the meaning of jama'a, which means to bring together. And then we also have some scholars that say the word Quran comes from the word Qura'na. Quran as well as Quran comes from the word Qura'na. But these two latter opinions are weak. The strongest opinion is that the word Qur'an is a synonym for the word Qira'ah, which means a reading. So the Qur'an is a reading. Yes, it does if you look at between the two covers of the Mus'haf, the Qur'an brings together all the verses and all the chapters. It has that meaning. But in terms of the correct meaning or the correct word from where or meaning from where the word Qur'an has been derived, it is the word Qira'a. So the Qur'an is Maqru. And it is on the scale of Fu'lan. Fu'lan. In other words, if I can think of some examples, Ghafara yaghfiru Ghufranan. To forgive. Ghufranan. Ghafara yaghfiru Rajaha Rajaha, the other example that I can think of is Rajaha Yarjahu Rujhanan, which means to outweigh. So Qara'a Yakra'u Quranan. And there's a perfect example in the Holy Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, um, in, uh, in I think it is, Surah Al Qiyamah. Oh, no, sorry, Surah Al muzammil Surah Al Muzammil, La tuharrik bihi lisana kalita jalabi. Inna alayna jamahu wa Qur'ana, fa ether karatnahu, fat Qur'ana. Sorry, Surah Al Qiyamah. What am I talking about? Surah Al Muzammil. Surah Al Qiyamah. If uh, I say anything that is correct on this program, it's from Allah. And if I make any mistakes, it's from myself. Inshallah, don't forget that uh, we are all human. So from Surah Al Qiyamah, verse number 16 to. Verse number 19, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, speaking to our beloved Prophet Muhammad La لَا تُحَرِّكْ بِهِ لِسَانَكَ لِتَعْجَلَ بي. Because the Qur'an was coming down on the Prophet wasallam, and he was moving his tongue, repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and trying to memorize it. So Allah subhanahu revealed these verses to him, putting him at ease, telling him, don't be hasty, لَا تُحَرِّكْ بِهِ لِسَانَكَ لِتَعْجَلَ بي. Don't move your tongue out of haste. In علينا جمعه وقرآن. Indeed, it is on us, meaning on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah has taken it upon Himself to gather the Quran in the heart of Muhammad sallallahu and wa and its reading on His tongue. So He doesn't have to make any effort with regards to that. Chibril salam is bringing down the revelation. He is revealing it unto the heart of Muhammad sallallahu Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't have to move his tongue out of haste to memorize it. Like we see the Hufad doing in the Masajid. Reciting over and over and over and over again. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken it upon himself, jalla fi in his majesty and his glory, to gather the Qur'an on the heart of Muhammad sallallahu and for it to be recited, on his tongue, sallallahu wa sallam. Then he says, "فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ So if we read it as it's being revealed to you, القرآن, just follow the reading. It is if Allah subhanahu wa taala recorded it on the heart of Muhammad sallallahu and every time he needed to give over the verses, that basically all he had to do was press play. And Allah subhanahu wa taala Caused the verses to run very easy, without any effort on his tongue. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In Surah Al-Isra, verse number 106. وَقُرْآنًا فَرَقْنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ عَلَى مُكْذٍ وَنَزَّلْنَاهُ تَنْزِيلًا And the Qur'an, we have divided it up. Remember it was revealed? Peacemeal. Over 23 years. Laylat al-Qadr, it came down from the al mahfuz to the heaven of this earth. From the preserved tablet to the heaven of this earth. That, was, that is what happened on Laylat al-Qadr. Inna anzalnahu fi Qadr. Indeed, we have revealed it on the night of power. Laylatin Mubarakah in uh, Surah Dukhan. We have revealed it on a blessed night. From the Loḥ الْمَحْفُوظِ from the preserved tablet إلى id-dunya, to the heaven of this earth and then piecemeal over 23 years. He divided it up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided it up in terms of its revelation to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَقُرْآنًا فَرَقْنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ So Qur'anan لِتَقْرَأَهُ فَرَقْنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ Qur'anan, we have sent down this reading in portions we have divided it up so that you might read it to the people in stages so this is the origin of the word quran is qaraa yaqra'u qiraatan Fal-Quran it is something that is read it is something that is that is recited that's in terms of the the linguistic origin of the word quran in terms of the technical definition of Qur'an and something that we did touch on uh, on last week but inshallah just to uh, refresh our memories because if somebody had to ask you okay give me a definition of the Qur'an what do you do? You say okay uh, the Qur'an Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen ar-Rahman rahim and then you end with Malik innaas Nas min sharil waswasi al alladhi Sufi fi suduri nasi Al jinnati wal-Nas that's the Qur'an yeah, التفتين, that which is between the the two covers of the, of the mushaf. How long is that going to take you, to read that whole Quran? So the Quran has a definition, and it's the ulama have formulated the Quran so well. The definition of the Quran, the istilahi or legal or technical definition of the Quran, they formulated it so well. As to only mean the Qur'an that was revealed or the kalam, the speech of Allah, the uncreated speech of Allah that was revealed to Muhammad wasallam, Excluding all other revelations. And excluding all other speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is the definition? It is kalamullahi ta'ala al-munazzalu ala muhammadin wasallam. Meaning some of the definitions. Biwasitati Jibril via Jibreel Alayhi salam. al mu'jizu bilafdi walau bi aqsari suwari it is the speech of Allah revealed to Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam via Jibreel it is mu'jiz I explained that last week what is mu'jiz rendering others unable so the Quran renders others unable to produce the like thereof. And I looked at the verses where Allah SWT makes the three challenges. To bring a Qur'an the like thereof, to bring ten chapters the like thereof, or to bring one chapter which is three verses, the shortest chapter in the Holy Qur'an, because it is It renders others unable even with its smallest chapter, which is three verses. Nobody can even bring Three verses. تفعلوا تفعلوا and if you are in doubt about that which we reveal to our servant, this Quran, which is revealed to who, to Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, then bring a chapter the like thereof. just three verses, just bring three verses and call your Witnesses besides Allah, if you are speaking the truth. And if you are not able to, and you will never ever be able to. That is the meaning of mu'ajiz. Rendering others unable to produce the like thereof. So it is the speech of Allah revealed to Muhammad via Jibril. It is a miracle in the sense that it renders others unable to produce the like thereof. al bitilawati. We worship Allah through its recitation. Al and it has come to us with successive narrations, so many narrations narrated from so many narrators that it's impossible for them to have come together to agree on a on a lie. So what does this exclude? If we take number one, kalamullah ta'ala, the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah is unlimited. The speech of Allah subhanahu ta'ala is we cannot measure it. And we just have to look to the Qur'an where Allah SWT gives us an explanation of His kalimat, of His words. Where Allah SWT uh, says for example in Surah Al-Kahf verse number 109 قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا لِكَلِمَاتِ رَبِّي لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّي وَلَوْ جَئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا so if we, say, if we just had to say The Qur'an is the kalam of Allah Which kalam? Because here in Surah Al-Kahf Allah SWT says Say to them, O Muhammad That if the ocean was ink For writing the words of my Lord If the ocean was ink For writing the words of my Lord The ocean would be completely used up before all the words of my Lord could be written Even if you had to bring the like of it Another sea of ink to write the words of Allah The words of Allah taala will never ever uh, cease If you look in Surah Luqman verse number 27 وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبَعَةُ أَبْحُرٍ مَا نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ He says, and if all the trees on earth had to be pencils, can you imagine that? And the ocean had to be ink, backed up with seven oceans. The words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those oceans of ink and all of those trees would be used up before you could stop writing the words of Allah, kalimatullah. Inna Allah azizun hakim. Indeed, Allah subhanahu is Almighty, the Wise. So when we say kalamullah, we have, we define it munazzalu ala Muhammad. That the Quran is not just any speech of Allah, but it is it is that speech which was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu wasallam. So it is it is not that speech that Allah taala has hidden with his knowledge it is not of that speech that was revealed to the other prophets or messengers it is that speech that was specifically revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu via Jibreel and we'll continue inshallah with the definition after the break
0: Madrasa on A Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Rihar Wolves in studio. And now I'm going to be handing right over to Sheikh to continue. We will stop just before the ad break inshallah. Sheikh Tafatul.
1: Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, wa ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala ama ba'd. Yes, Sister Yasmeenah, respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape. Alhamdulillah. Once again, assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Just before the break, we were looking at the technical definition of the Qur'an, and what it includes and what it excludes. So when we look at the definition, kalamullah, it is the speech of Allah. So what does that exclude? It excludes the speech of angels, it excludes the speech of ins, of mankind, and it excludes the speech of, of jinn, of the, of the jinn. The speech of Allah revealed. So that would then exclude all speech of Allah that hasn't been revealed. And we looked at those two verses, the one in Surah Al-Kahf and the other one in Surah Al-Quman, where even if all the oceans were ink and backed up with seven other oceans, and all the trees were pencils, they would all dry up and all be used up before you could stop writing about the... About the words, about the speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, so it includes or it excludes all that speech which hasn't been revealed. So, kalamullah al-munazil excludes the speech of angels, mankind, jinn. Excludes the speech of Allah that hasn't been revealed. Al-munazil ala Muhammad. So now it excludes the speech that was revealed to Ibrahim, to Musa, to Dawood, to Isa, and all the other messengers then Allah of Allah revealed revelation to so it is that revelation revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasam bi wasitat jibril by jibril alaihi salam because he is the only mal- malak that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned for this task of bringing revelation of bringing wahy uh, to the to the prophets and messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bi wasitat al mu'jizu bi lafzihi and this would now exclude, for example, al Hadith Qudsi. Because Hadith Qudsi is also words of Allah given to Muhammad, but it's not in the Quran. Hadith Qudsi is not Quran. It's not mu'jiz belovedhi. It's not miraculous in the sense that it renders unable to bring the light thereof. And nor is its recitation or its reading a form of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like reciting the Holy Quran. And then al bit tawatur the fact that it has been transmitted with numerous successive narrations the quran has been transmitted to us as we have it today this would now exclude those types of ahad transmissions and inshallah we'll speak about that in more detail when we when we, when we speak about the science of transmission in our segment on hadith but those transmissions which are, ha- are had um, which we are not permitted uh, to read. We are only permitted to read those narrations of the Quran that have come to us with numerous successive transmissions. And so this is now the accepted general technical definition of the Quran. So now we've got these two words. We've looked at these two words, ulum literally and technically and the word quran literally and technically now we put them together and we have our subject that we are that we are dealing with the subject of of ulum al-quran that subject which is mabahith it's those researches or those studies That are associated with the Qur'an from the perspective of its revelation, from the perspective of its sequence, from the perspective of its compilation, from the perspective of its being written down, its readings in terms of that which is clear and that which is ambiguous, that which is abrogating, that which is abrogated, that which is miraculous in terms of its miraculous nature, in terms of its Balagha in terms of its stylistics, its rhetoric, its metaphors, its examples, its stories. This is what we are going to be studying, insha'Allah, in this topic of, of Uloom Al-Qur'an. But now if we, and I only have about two minutes left, if I must just the end off the explanation of our title of our text, and inshallah, I will read, be reading for you the first four lines, inshallah, just to get a taste of it. An nashmul habib, what do we say? The new, excellent poem fi al-Qur'an in the sciences of the Qur'an wa usul tafsir There's another word for us to quickly analyze: usul tafsir The word usul comes from the word al-ladhi yubna What is asl? Asl that which, on which something else is built. So asl literally means foundation. Asl literally means foundation. And usul is the plural, foundations. Of what? Of tafsir. Foundations here meaning the rules that govern tafsir. What is tafsir? Tafsir comes from the word fasara. Fasara which literally means al-idah wal bayan To make something clear. In actual fact, doctors, when we describe doctors diagnosing somebody's illness, either through a specimen that they've had to give, To the doctor. Then the doctor has to examine the specimen in order to diagnose what is the illness of the person. We say that is Tafsira. Tafsira, not Tafsir. We call it Tafsira. Because it comes from that word Fasara, which literally means to? To unveil. To make clear. And if that is to do with meaning. So Fasara, that which makes clear with regards to meaning. And Safara, Safara literally means to unveil that which is hissi, that which is tangible. Safara. So a a woman that is Safira is a woman that's walking around without her hijab on. Safira. Because she's unveiled herself. This is the origin of the word of tafsir. It literally means to unveil, to make clear what the meaning of the words of Allah subhanahu so, for example, if I say, li kalam Allah," what does that mean? Fasir means make tafsir of the speech of Allah. But what is tafsir? It literally means bayn li kalam Allah. Make clear for me the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So that's what tafsir is. Tafsir is the unveiling and the making clear and the explanation of the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And this particular poem is about what? It, it, it's about ulum al Quran as an in individual, independent science. And I've uh, explained in detail the subject matter that we're going to be studying, inshallah, in that. And Usul uh-huh. al Tafsir, ay qawad al Tafsir, the rules and laws that govern the explanation and the unveiling of the correct meaning of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of the Holy Quran. And inshallah, to leave you with a taste of, of this poem, it begins Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim our author, Sheikh Sa'ud al sharaim he begins Bismillahi Rahmani Rahim Al Hamdulil Musawiril Karimi Al Khalikil Moheminil Alvimi For Massola to Wasalamu Sarmada Alenna be Yil Hashimi Ahmeda Wa Alihi Wasahbihi Waterbiri Wakari in Wakertibin Wasamiri Women Alla Tarikihim Yasiru Niamatariko Israhul Masiru And Inshallah Ta'ala, that is just a taste for what we will start explaining from next week insha'Allah ta'ala. And again, this is only to anchor the knowledge. For those who are not interested in the poetry, or interested in memorizing it, or even understanding it, you must still listen because this we're only going to use as an anchor, on which we're going to build insha'Allah, and anchor all our knowledge that we're going to learn about the sciences of the Qur'an. And I leave you in the protection of Allah, fi amanillah, wa akhiru anil rabbil alamin. wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.